<coughs> you are now about to witness the awesome crushing bite of wait for it the U.G.S. Robinson show Stop oh. This is AF, yo, bro. V24. Unlike the Rocket, this is the UGS Robinson show. The poster is already gone AWOL. I lost the shirt. The room is smoking hot. That being as it may, it might be hot because we're on fire today. Anyway, let's let Bob Riley kick it off. Stigmata, calling it a just. The song is called Intro, All of Nothing. Oh, you'd have bet big money if you bet on the side part. It hasn't happened in a while. We'll let Bob Riley sing it. It's from Call Me Adjust, Stigmata, Intro All of Nothing, still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they attack your car with a hammer. But first, Bob Riley, while I fix the sign. Taking a real good look at your face. Oh, being paid back and for always nothing. All right, my friends, let's get right to it. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. All right, let me get these headset. Oh, before the poster goes again, get the headset going. This is V24 of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. And the reality of it is, this show has been light, uh, heavy on philosophy. Light on, uh, oh, there we go. There, light on MMA as of late, uh, due to the fact that there hasn't been much MMA to, uh, to talk about. I have to say, right off the top of the bat, props have to go out to my co host from this last week's care and don't care preview. Uh, I, I was cavalier. This was the, 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 the non jujitsu equivalent of making a guy feel good, building up his confidence. I was kind of devil may care with my picks, and as you can see. I got a lot of X's there. This is the first time I only got two right on the uh 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 or three right on the fight card on uh, the two fight cards and Johnny Nash, young Johnny Nash got a four right. Uh, actually one, two, three, four, five right. Uh but he picked more fights than I did, but it still doesn't matter. I'm man enough to admit 
that he was man enough to beat me. And, and this is after I put him in the Lost Battalion, which is fine since I'm already been in the Lost Battalion. But let's get on the UFC 226. And uh, in the, in the entry in the headline. I said, uh, uh, before we start munching on each other's sausages, that should be a recall for those film buffs among us who remember from uh, 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 Reservoir Dogs, where Chris Penn says, before we start sucking each other's dicks, as though to, to I just heard somebody laugh. Somebody who's not, I'm alone here, so it's very strange. Uh, he said, Listen, before we start sucking each other's dicks, as an indication of, you know, before we start celebrating, let's uh, let's consider a few things. Uh, but I, I am aggressively aware of the fact that the internet has flattened the world into a personalityless fiction, right? So that any uh, anybody who is interested, a family member, a a, a new relative, a, uh, a, 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 a a VC guy who might be considering whether or not to give you money thinks that they know everything because they go to Google, they type your name in, and stuff like this comes up. I'm not saying this show is going to get more circumspect because it's causing me social problems, but it might be causing me social problems. There's nothing I can do about that. There's absolutely nothing I can do about that. I am the last truly fee voice in America, and I will alter my voice for no one. Absolutely not. You know, I mean, the thing is, we've we've heard the excuses before. I was in a meeting when I worked at Adobe, and uh, some guy came up with an idea, and I said, "Well, I think that's asinine." This guy and I were friends, asinine. And so he goes to somebody, and somebody comes to me and says, "Hey, we think you should apologize to Joe. You said his idea was asinine." I go, "It was asinine." He goes, "Yeah, but you did." You know, I was like, "Get the fuck!" So. Joe and I never had the same kind of friendship after that. This is a guy who was telling me about how tough it was in grad school where you used to attack each other's papers and rip each other apart. They could all deal, deal with it because they were, you know, learn how to be tough journalists. And I, I laugh and call this idea asinine and I got to apologize. I, I've apologized once in earnest over the last 30 years. Why? Is it because I'm a dick? Not necessarily. It's because I think before I act. Which means to, to apologize for shit you've done or said, you have to have done stuff without thinking about it or you fly off the handle. Happened once, last 30 years, to Doug Whitmer. I had to seek him out because I screamed at him in public because I kept I was having an argument with my girlfriend at the time. He kept following us around. We we're in the gym. We kept moving away to trying to get some sort of fucking privacy to have this argument. He just kept showing up and finally I flipped out. I go, Will you leave me the fuck alone for five fucking minutes? He left the gym. His face was red. He didn't finish his workout. I said, fuck. I called the guy, went by his house. He go, look, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he was like, Eugene, it means a lot to me that you've done this. I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to fly off the head like that. In any case, I'm rambling. I digress. This is about UFC 226 and uh, all the cause for celebration. I want to put things in a little, in a little bit of a perspective. Perspective. First of all, Despite my my horrible record of picks, uh, there's a great amount of truth to this one. Uh, go, uh, we're going to go backwards in time. Uh, uh, we're going to start with the headline first because there's no reason to do any other uh, any anything else. Um, there's something that Cain Velasquez, when he came on on the old what this show used to be, knuckle up. Something that he said that I thought was really noteworthy, and I don't know if those of you have long enough memories to remember what he said about training at AKA. And he said it's a very simple geometry here. 
when I listen to Javier, uh, I do well. When I don't listen to Javier, I don't do well. There's a reason why AKA is the winningest fight team in the world. Somebody worked out the percentage-wise and said, percentage-wise, they're winning more of their fights than any other concerted effort or group. You know, well, Black Zillions are no longer around, but you, you know what I mean. Alpha male, they have a wit. Why? Well, I don't like to give props to Bob Cook because he's been kind of a, into, I get some weird static. It's a long story that goes back far too long and involves unsavory things. I, I don't know. Don't know what the guy's beef is. They have inherent distrust in maybe journalists. Who knows? Don't know. In any case, I've known Javier since I was training Muay Thai shit. I, I've known Javier since the 80s when he was super thin. And what he, he he's done, super thin and handsome, you know, but what he's a, a super aggressive, smart, mindful, uh, laser-like focus on is film, right? His fight analysis is is you guarantee that if his fighters are doing something, it, it is it is not accidental. Whoa, whoa, Yuji, what happened about Luke Cockhold? Well, you know, sometimes guys listen, sometimes they don't. Just like Kane intimated, when I listen, things work out. When I don't, they don't. So what they what what? First of all, I, I have to say, fighting for large guys fighting smaller guys, the guys who are not that much smaller, it's tough anyway. You know, everybody meets Mike Tyson and they say the same thing. They go, oh man, I, he was smaller than I expected. Mike Tyson wasn't six foot three. Mike Tyson wasn't six foot two. Mike Tyson fit perfectly in that pocket, just tall enough to cause you trouble, a lot of trouble, right? Which is around five foot 10, five foot 11, exactly in that sweet spot where, where uh, DC is. So he gets he 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 get he gets an arm. They're doing this kind of you know kind of pommeling thing in in the middle. And you know Stipe, well you got to know that Stipe going into it is thinking, well, I don't want to get in any wrestling tangles with this guy because I think I think it's safe to say based on how high he's risen, this cat can can out wrestle me. But he's not used to heavy guys, so I'm gonna hang on him. I'm gonna gr- I'm gonna I'm gonna drag him down. Okay, you, you do know he was trained with Kane Velasquez, right? Like Kane was like the master of this, right? So pressure, drag, drag, grind, grind, embrace the grind that came from somewhere. So he's exchanging shots, but one thing I start to notice halfway through the first round, because we can't go much beyond that, is that uh dude's face is lit up. Speaking of Stipe, now you'll know earlier on in the week, I called this, right? I said, if we're sitting around with our fantasy MMA league and moving the little parts around, and you have to excuse, I got a cold, a a rare occasion. It's getting better, so now I know I'm finally not dying. Yes, you have to hear that. So, you know, Stipe is like, okay, I'm not going to wrestle. I'm not going to tangle with this guy in the ground. It doesn't make any sense. But I think I can keep him at a distance where I can make my, my uh, you know, make my range. But what what I said on the old show and what I'll repeat again here uh, under, the, under the rubric, I told you so, that the, the guy, the boxing coach at AKA, is a serious fucking cat, a no-fuck-around cat. That's why it's American Kickboxing Academy. You know, they take guys, solid wrestlers and turn them into real fighters and have been doing so since the fucking 80s. 
when Javier left Nirmalia and opened his own school. If you haven't read the fight book, I have a whole chapter on Nimaya Bowick, who is where running the Muay Thai place where I met the Javier for the first time in the 80s. So they said, yeah, coming out of the clinch, we noticed that Stipe always drops his left hand. He's like pushes off and doesn't reestablish. Pushes off a lazy habit for a guy who maybe was, you know, boxed, but figured, you know, as a result of boxing and MMA, that he was okay. You know, I'm moving. I'm moving. As long as I'm moving, I'm not liable to, to to get never counting on the fact that if a guy is six foot two and comes in with that same kind of shot, you see it, you you move a little guy. It's all happening. But, you know, when they rob you in places like Brazil or in Moscow or uh, the kid or Panama, the kids would run up with a piece of cardboard and jam it under your neck. A big semicircular piece of cardboard and start tickling you. This happened to a friend of mine. They jam the cardboard. He's like, and they start tickling me. He's like, ah, and they like strip off his watch, his wallet. And they run off. He said they were kids, eight, nine years old. He didn't care. He gives me, I get another watch. He just thought it was kind of funny. But the reality of it is cardboard or not, in general, unless you go like this, you're not really paying attention to what's coming from below, like a shark attack. And he hits him and he drops. It was I see I see later Stipe pushing pushing the ref. That was maybe anger, frustration. He owned up to it in the pre, post fight presser. Said it was a solid shot. What do you kind of his attitude largely is what do you guys want me to say? Joe Rogan said it best, no nonsense. Also equals no charisma. Also in this instance equals knocked out. Got me with a good shot. Better man today. Better man today. You do realize that's a dead man talking. You do realize that, right? All the things that we're saying that should have made you go, "Uh uh-oh, outside of the previous show where I go, even the jungle wants it to end the way it ended. I'll have you know that this show, UFC 226, has caused one of the guys who's been on the show before, guy I trained with, he goes, I will never, ever pay for another UFC event again, ever. I may not even watch another one again, ever. I go, what? He goes, I root for the underdog. I go, the underdog won. He goes, yeah, but I get stuck with who I want to win and who I believe they will have win. And that gap is getting bigger and bigger and it starts to stink like collusion to me. Oh, so professional sports you don't think is on the up and up. <laughs> Leonard, Cohen said it, Leonard Cohen said it best. Everybody knows the dice are loaded. Everybody knows. Nobody who knows or like the, the three-card Monty guy I met in Tel Aviv said, nobody who knows anything about life plays this game. Just give me your money if you want to play, but don't actually think you're playing the game. So under normal circumstances, if DC wasn't my pick or maybe, you know, maybe uh, there was a, a trick of the light or a quirk or i slept wrong or ate the wrong thing maybe i might be say tying this back into last week's show and saying ah oh, it's a conspiracy i don't feel comfortable do, doing that in this instance the signs were there i mean you don't you don't always have to fix stuff he was uh, dc was the underdog going in shitty odds 
you know, I feel the same way about DC the way I did about Chuck Liddell. I called Chuck Liddell to lose like the first three fights after he came to my consciousness before I finally came to the conclusion that, whoa, he's actually doing something fucking that works. After I watched DC win the Grand Prix at, at, at Strike Force, I was like, nah, 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 I bet against this guy. But Stipe is, is dead. Quote number one. I intend to hold this belt for a very, very long time. Cue the clown music. I mean, I, you know, I, I, you, if some of you remember Knuckle Up, I've had that personal experience. Sitting at a table with the guys in that band, the five pliers, the five Brits, and they look at the girl who I consider my girlfriend and goes, who's that then, eh? And I really expected, I, I didn't understand the rhetorical, they, this was just an entry to begin saying shit. And I should have kept my mouth shut and listened. But instead, I said, ah, that, that's, that's my girlfriend. And they all got very quiet and looked at each other in the way that people look when a guy has announced that he's got a new job in this place called the Lost Battalion. Have you ever heard of it? And yes, she was fucking the hairdresser. <laughs> Save my life. Filipino hairdresser saved my life. Like the Morrissey song says, hairdresser on fire. Got my girlfriend pregnant. Saved me a lifetime of misery. But I digress. So I'm going to hold this belt for a very, very long time. Uh, then they ask him about pay. Finally, for the first time, I'm getting paid. Disclosed pay of, I think, 700000 750000 I, I don't remember what. He's joking. At one point, I made mention somebody just tweeted that when he goes back to work, they give him a plunger. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You do realize he's dead, right? As I sit down and look at my fantasy MMA spread on my kitchen table, I have no idea what to do with this guy now. No idea. There's one thing that confuses me, and maybe somebody can explain it to me before the show's over, but uh, what was the problem? There was a problem apparently with... Uh, What's his face? McNuggets holding two belts, but it's perfectly okay for DC. I don't give a shit one way or the other, but I just want to know why one is okay and why one isn't. Maybe somebody smarter than me can explain it to me through Twitter or text before the show's over, briefly. But, you know, uh, let's let's go to Diana Ross on this one. Uh, maybe Stipe could tell, we could, where does the road turn? Where does the road turn? Where does he go now? He was talking rematch, and that had a whiff of wood about it. A whiff of wood. It's a new song by the Beatles. Isn't it good? Whiff of wood. <sighs> rematch. So you really want to die. Now you're just undead. You've been vampirism. You're alive, walking and talking, and still fearsome. But you have no measure in the material world. Who are you going to fight? The guys you once beat? Nope. Who are you going to fight? Well, you got a guy who's got a really super limited sh uh, shelf life. He said he's going to, on his 40th birthday, he's retiring. Right now, it looks like six months from now, he's going to be fighting, he's going to be fighting uh, uh, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lestat. The vampire Lestat. And we'll get to that in a second. What does he do? 
It's like the movie The Duelist with uh, Harvey Keitel and Keith Carradine. This is a broken up, empty shell of a man. I, I just, before the fight was over, I told the wife, I go, you know what I really want? I want a loser cam. You know, there's all the focus on the guys going in and there's no focus in, in, in uh, uncharacteristically uh, contrarian way. She goes, no, I don't like that. And I go, I think that's pro- part of the problem with, with the modern world is that we don't see enough loser cam. You know, we focus exclusively on the winner, which creates a which which is an indication of value. If you have three kids, four kids, five kids, and one is winning medals and stuff, but you don't pay attention to the other, th- you got you got yourself a dysfunctional situation. They're all valuable in their own right. She goes, yeah, but people should be. Uh, uh, let's see, McNuggets was holding up a division with talent. Uh, light heavyweight has Ozumir versus Gus. Well, that doesn't seem that you can't. That's not the see I mean, I could get that, but it doesn't seem like a rule. I mean, I guess what he, what what DC said is that he's going to drop down again to light heavyweight to defend. So if he's going to go up and down and up and down, I guess maybe McNuggets made a statement about where he's going to keep his weight. Some such thing. Don't care. Doesn't make a difference. Got a shelf life on this guy. He's going to fight a money fight with Brock, which is okay. Brock is not good for shit beyond one or two fights anyway. It's a big, stupid move. Like, it's a big, stupid move like the rat running across the balcony and Martin Scorsese's Oscar award-winning movie, The Departed, which was great until the last 30 seconds. I got it. I didn't need to see the rat run along the balcony. And yet that was the one he won for. Not Raging Bull. Not Goodfellow. I could not tax I could just go down the list. Raging Bull lost to ordinary people. Remember that? Nope. People have to be hit on the head with large polo mallets to rip off a line from the alleged molester Woody Allen. Okay. So, who's he going to fight? Stipe. He now was now revealed that he 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 drove his hard bargain by complaining. He's a no nonsense guy, slang for you know no charisma. He's kept his day job, which they've tried to turn lemons into lemonade, but that's not a good look. You could spin that any way you want. The guy's doing it because he needs health insurance, and he he's taking you to heart when you say this is not a long term job or career move. Oh well, guess guys got to keep their. I guess Monday he's got to get a plunger to the fucking toilet. At the fire station. Nobody works because they like to. They might like to work, but they're not working because they like to. Really? Stop paying them. See how many people show up for work after that. <sighs> Sorry. So Stipe is now like the, like, the, like the Harvey Keitel character in The Duelist. He's wandering the lands. He's not lost battalion. He knows exactly where he is. And he, he, he in, in a rightful, rightful and rightfully strong place, where does a road turn for this guy? How do you play him? What do you do with him? What the fuck do you do with him? Given the, the, the timeline on, on DC, what do you do? He's talking about a rematch. Is that a smart idea? He loses again. He's done. He beats DC. There was not going to be a trilogy. There's no time. And if you remember last week's show, as I called it, what I said was I expected Brock to be there and stand up, and I expected Johnny Boney Joni to be there. 
people say, you're crazy. Johnny Bullock Joe is not going to be Johnny Bullock. Yeah, he wasn't. Were you following him on Twitter? He was fast on the draw. I retweeted some of the stuff that Johnny Boney Jr. was saying, and it was understandably caustic. I like him better this way. Why? You're good? You lie better than me. Say goodbye to the bad guy. The best one you'll ever see. Doesn't have to be nice. Doesn't have to be nice. And in, in, in not being nice, he has become fucking Ahab. He's become Moby Dick to DC's Ahab. Because if you think for half a second, you know, somebody tried to get in there to counter some of Johnny Boney Joni's shit and say, yeah, the winner is one with the biggest checks. Uh, you don't believe that, do you? You really don't believe that, do you? When they flash that record 20 and one and won no contest, you know what that does to a guy who went to the fucking Olympics? It rankles. Guy's a friend to knuckle up. I've had him on the old show. I'm talking about DC. This is what the jungle wants. This is what the jungle wants. You, and you got to fold it in. I'm looking at my fantasy MMA card and I, and I, and I look at it this way. Johnny Boney Joni v. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar won't be cleared in time for it to make sense to go any other way. Johnny Boney Joni versus if he if if John Johnny Boney Joni is in heavyweights and he beats Lesnar, it sets up the third part of the trilogy wonderfully without ruining without ruining the possible return of uh, the possible upsell of. Lesnar and DC. DC just shines Johnny Boney Joni goes after Brock Lesnar lost. It says, uh, you know, I'm going to John beat him in three. I'll beat him in one. Then I'll beat John. The idea is to maximize the number of big money fights. It benefits everybody. It benefits the fighters. It benefits the organization and it benefits us, the viewer. Unlike the guys they lost this past weekend because of what they felt like was scripting. Not works, scripting. They're two different things. A whore's hair, breadth of difference, but they're two different things. And what happens? They match up Stipe against DC for the rematch immediately. They're both cleared to fight, and that way the idea is to maximize DC fights before his retirement at age 40. So we're looking at two or three fights most. Uh, Lesnar beats Johnny Boney Joni. Uh, that would relieve that would relieve DC of the onus of having to fight him for a third time. He fights Lesnar. If Lesnar loses, he gives Stipe, he, Stipe his uh, a rematch and ends on that note. If Johnny Boney Joni beats Lesnar, then he makes him cool just to show him he's still a boss. And then he beats Lesnar in less time than Johnny Boney Joni did to set up the third meeting. Who's, who's, who's ass out then? Stipe. If he wants to make Johnny Boney Joni suffer a little bit longer, he said, first fight Lesnar, then fight Stipe, then I'll see you if you, if you can make it through those guys because I, I can beat them both and have. The question is, what maximum number of fights are left in D.C. and what are the smartest fights that make sense? 
And this is where Stipe is wandering the land because the fights that make the most sense, are, are, they're two in front of him. And he's not getting $700,000 to rematch. Not with a first-round fucking knockout. And some first-round knockouts seem fluky. This did not seem fluky. Not at all. And the best part about it was, D, you always talk about every win opens a door, uh, opens a door, a crack into your wheelhouse, so that people can see kind of what you got, what you don't have. This revealed nothing. DC revealed nothing. But he's Captain Ahab, and Moby Dick is out there trolling. Who's your daddy now? Hashtag. I don't care what you say. Oh, he's a drug addict. Oh, the memes with him sniffing coke. Him is Tony Montana. I'm talking about Johnny Boney Joni. And I, I, going into it, the spies, you've heard me talk about the spies in, in Albuquerque. They say all the cats in the mini mart went down to the bowling place where they all hang out. This is not this weekend, a couple weekends ago. And surprise, surprise, when they're drinking, arguing, starting fights with other bowlers, getting high in the parking lot, Johnny Boney Joni wasn't there. Was not there with the Mini Mart crew. Could this be changed tiger stripes? What is that the old expression? Tiger changing his spites, a leopard changing his spots. Don't know. There was some, and I'm I'm checking out the rumor as to whether this past weekend, whether instead of watching the fight, he was at the bowling alley doing shots with the Mini Mart crew. Unknown. But shots are better than anything else, so. But you can't deny that that's something that's got to be answered. You can't. You're otherwise, otherwise, you got a whole series of guys in, in Moby Dick's wake that are just wandering the, the hillside looking for some kind of significance. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. If I, if in, if I, should I, woulda, coulda, shoulda, how to, woulda. Can't do that. Nobody wants to go out like that. It could just be me talking. But if you don't think that that's gnawing, that's gnawing, you know, gnawing at the at the brainstem of everybody involved, you're absolutely wrong. In this instance, Johnny Boney Joni is like Mad Max in the first Road Warrior, in the second of the series, Road Warrior. You guys want to get out of here, you got to come through me. It's very different from fucking Barry Bonds with the asterisk. It's very different. And he's addressing it now in his tweets. He's like, oh, you, well, the third time you got it, since the first time I was uh, uh, performance enhanced, this third time when I'm completely clean, you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it, you're going to win, right? Never underestimate how deep into the head that that crawling gets. Never underestimate that. So Stipe is in a fucked up position. You know, not particularly liked by the organization, the bald one, demanding top dollar and deserving it and getting it. And and now now ass out in the division that he owned. And uh, was he outclassed? Was he he was just beat up. That's all. Just beat up. Beat up, beat up, beat up, beat up. That's it. He was well, I was holding my own till a guy got me with a good shot, unspoken, lucky shot. That was no luck about it, bro. Somebody watching some film. I don't know if you were training with guys who were five foot eleven, but you should have. And if you thought that he was going to go to his to 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 his specialty, 
It's never happened that way. The only guy who routinely does that is funky Ben Askren. Everybody else, you don't even see Henry Cejudo doing that. He's like, yeah, I got that to call on in reserve if I need it. But I'm going to do this other thing. Yeah, yeah, DC is a yes man and, and won't hold the division's hostage probably. Also, he did defend and will defend. McButt Nuggets. Oh, I like that derivation. McButt Nuggets. <laughs> ah. So I, I, this is this is a, a really desperate, unpleasant scenario for all involved, right? Because suppose he says, fuck this guy. It's not my torture. It's his torture. I'm not going to fight Johnny Boney Jr. for a third time. Let him crawl. <laughs> you know what that's like? That's like being denied. That's like the girl that, that, that you went crazy for in college 30 years later looks you up after reunion and, and uh, to email you that she, she's not going to have sex with you. You know, who cares? Okay? I just really, who cares? I beat you twice, or to quote Tito Ortiz, I'll fight you once a week if you like. You got to address it. You got to address it. He's talked, he said as much. He said as much. Whereas if I look at the tableaus spread out in front of Johnny Bonigioni, he's not been cut by the UFC. It would be foolish for them to do. So he's still around. <clears throat> he's the only thing worth thinking about in the light heavyweight division. And that's not even a division where his head is at right now. It's heavyweight. He's up at heavyweight, which is a lot of stuff. Guys want to work their way back up to Stipe. They got to come through. Stipe wants to work his back, way back up to, to D.C. He's got to go through him. He, he wants some big money fight. He's got to go to Brock. Why would Brock fight fucking Stipe? There's no point to it at all. He's not going to put any money in his pocket. You know, uh, let's make money with a guy who's going to fucking hurt me less and, you know, actually carry some of the water on this. In other words, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity rife with good things for bad people uh, and not a lot of good things for good people in other words it's a corollary for life and in that when i look at my fantasy mma league i was like it's what the jungle called for it's exactly what the jungle called for because we wouldn't be having this discussion at all if stipe won who's stipe gonna fight next sort of where we are now we don't know Maybe Johnny Bunny Jody. Yeah, maybe. Does that have have much weight of heat? No nonsense guy against the mat the, the Dark Lord. Nope. Nope. Light heavyweight and heavyweight. The only way for those divisions to attain any sort of significance at all. Fucking fight me on this one if you want. It's through Johnny Boney Joni. You know it's fucking true. You know it. If you look into your heart, if you look into your heart of hearts, you know I've not lied. And they love DC. You know how much DC got for the fight? 500000 And he probably didn't push it. That's declared. That's declared. I don't know what bonus is. I don't know what else we got. And every one of those commercials where you see those guys, listen, let me explain something to you. When I did that Miller Genuine Draft commercial, I filmed two days in LA, got $2,000 a day. And in royalties, I got over $100,000. How much did my agent get? My agent got like 15%. Of the four thousand dollars I got for my on-scene, on-set appearance, did he at attach any of the royalties? Absolutely not. Got me the job. Doesn't benefit from the continuation of the job. 
Maybe that's fucked for him. Don't know. When you see these guys in the Toyo commercials, when you see Dominic Cruz and, you know, Dillashaw, when you see for you got to know that the UFC has attached their monies. They're saying, look, Toyo came to us to make a deal. You know, uh, you are you are a corporate guy. It's like if whatever company you work for, if you work at Apple and they come say, hey, we want to do an Apple commercial and want you to appear in it. You don't get that money. Maybe it'll give you a few bones, but it goes back to the company. You're just showing up for work. You're under contract. That's what that's about. So don't think because you're seeing these cats on commercials that they're making fucking big after they retire and leave, then they might be making big money. Have you seen Keith Jardine lately or Mark Coleman? You haven't, have you? Even Chuck Liddell. Commercials dry up. But it, it it is it is a good it, it is a good scenario for the jungle. And the reality of it is this, the reason why this uh, my Trump guy quit the sport and the fight game and purchasing it is because he said, I don't like when what I expect to happen happens because his his his, his conclusion is there's collusion. Collusion is a conclusion. And it doesn't matter that there weren't guys sitting in smoky back rooms with green visors on making, you know, drawing up the plot lines. I think Stipe did all in his power to not lose this fucking fight. And yet he lost. Had it gone to a judge's decision, it would have stunk. Was that lined up? I don't know. I don't know what was lined up. I think as you get in the upper echelons, it gets hard to fix things the obvious way. But that was a scenario that made everybody happy. I was getting texts from some of you guys who were actually in Vegas at the fights with your tickets. Got paid big on the DC thing. I don't know how they got those odds down so low for him being. He was a heavyweight for the majority of his career. Only reason he went to light heavy is because he didn't want to fight Kane. Which made sense. They're teammates. Kane's out. He's up. Don't know. It sucks for Stipe. It sucks for Stipe. He's a nowhere man now, and I don't, I don't know what that's called. At least he's got his job as a fireman, but he's also a haunted man now. How does he get over this? A second fight with fucking DC does what? Well, you get to see what a guy's head is made of. That's where they get you. What's in that noggin? What's in that head? This fight, however, regardless of whether it drove you from the sport in its entirety like it did the one guy that we're talking about or whether it gave you a, 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 a great uplift, I picked DC, put $20 on it, pretty happy. So did John, so we blanked each other there. He's a friend to knuckle up, so I felt even happier. as a local guy in San Jose. I've met him. He seems to be a decent cat. like him. Don't know Stipe. They lost LeBron and they lost Cleveland lost Stipe now. So what, you know. It's okay. Without this fight headliner, I'm almost quitting the sport as well. Because in Ganu, I had I had him against I love Derek the the, the uh, Black Beast Lewis, but I didn't see him beating Ganu, but something happened. And you know what happened to Ganu? The bald one, pot, meat kettle, has been saying this guy's ego is out of control. That's not what that's not what we saw on display. Pay the fuck attention. 
ego is not what we saw on display in that match. Francis Ngannou against Derek Lewis, that wasn't about ego. You know what that was about? Bro, that was about the fucking bridge and the dumpster. You know, let's let's quote DJ 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 Shadow. Why does hip hop suck today? It's the money. All of a sudden, this guy starts to realize where he is. You know, I don't know what the monetary unit is in the Cameroon, but he takes his last few fight purses and 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 uh, and converts it into Cameroonian uh, 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 currency. And dude, all of a sudden, is fucking. I see you, Navy guys. You go in there, you all look different. You come out, you all look the same. How's that, Swabby? Scared. It's Tom Wolf. Do the do the uh, the uh, uh, with the, the all the right there, all the right stuff. It's whatever that L movie was. Ego. Ah, uh, you know, I might be there with the whole French thing, but that's not it. That's not it. I don't know what's happened in your personal dealings with him. The Baldwin calling somebody that is colossal. I don't know how he could see beyond his TV shows and he, I, I, me, 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 I, I, me, 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 Baldwin, 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 me, 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 Baldwin, Baldwin, you goof. I don't know how he sees beyond that to see that the guy's an egomaniac, but I don't think that's what's happening at all. That wasn't the egomaniac fighting. That was a guy who was scared, a scared coward. And was he scared of getting beat? Nope. He was scared of fucking losing. And these are different things, too. I can't go back to living on the streets. Can't go back to eating out of dumpsters. Can't go back broke to Cameroon. Can't go back to chasing squirrels for dinner. Can't go all the things you can't do. And you get in the cage and you're fucking petrified. I realized that before that first round was out. This is a man who's trying not to die, not a man who's trying to live. The best thing his, his his agent or his manager could have done is to keep him fucking blind. Ah, uh, you got five thousand dollars. I'll pay for the tickets out of that. Do not share the amount of money this guy is making with him because it it fucking put a zap on his head. It put a zap on his head as sure as I'm here. He's in that horrible Uriah Hall place where this guy that you expected to be a killer is nowhere now. That's egg on the FaceTime. That's embarrassing. That's that's a hole that you can't cut. That's a hole that you can't come out of without running the risk of doing what you were concerned about in the first place, which is losing. Not getting beat, losing. You got beaten by Stipe. You didn't lose. This fight, you fucking lost. You just you just lost it in a way that you didn't expect. How are you going to act disappointed when they give it to Lewis? I would have called it a draw to punish them both, but Lewis at least picked up the pace, back pains and all. Is Ngannou done? Onus is on him, baby. Onus is on him. Call me when you're ready. Call me when you're ready. But if you think that number one by your name means something right now, get the fuck out of here. going to shift some shit around. You got to fight your way back into seriousness because you got something going on in your head that's not going to help us or you. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody. And so running down the list, because we've been blabbing a a, a lot about, uh, um, first of all, Costa. I didn't pick, uh, I didn't pick Costa. 
And I, I didn't pick Costa because I fully expect any day now, and I don't know when that day will come, but I fully expect Costa to get popped dirty for a fucking drug test. I'm sorry. I'm fucking sorry. There is nothing that you will say that will get me to believe he's completely fucking natural. It's no, Eugene, you're just being a hater. Am I? Am I just being a hater? Is that really what's happening? You tell me. You tell me. I don't think so. I don't think I'm just being a hater. I think it makes really good sense. And I'm watching the guy, the way he fights, like other Brazilian fighters, he got a little bloodied up in the first, and he got the, he got the, the fear of God, the oh no, oh no thing. Oh my God, I could, I, I could lose his, oh man, I, I could, shit, what's gonna happen? I could, I don't, oh yeah. All dude had to do. Sorry, I'm about to snort. Uh, Daniel Cormier, I'm reading some of the headlines that just came through. People are tweeting them to me. Daniel Cormier says he doesn't need John Jones following a heavy heavyweight title win. <sighs> yeah, I've said stuff like that before. Hey, baby, I don't want to have sex with you either. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, let me find this thing. He does. He don't need it, really. Okay. All right, bro. You you, you do. You really do. Greatest of all time? Nope. Can't say it. Can't say it. Can't say it. Like it or not, asterisk or not, Barry Bonds is a home run home run hitter. Steroids or not, whatever. There were other guys who were taking steroids that season too. Didn't best his numbers. Don't like him having it? Fucking tough titty. Beat it. Beat it. Beat it. Beat it. So, uh, but in Ghana, where is he going from? Where does his road turn? Don't know. He he's got a shitty. He's got a shitty shit. He's he's in a hole that the only way that come out is to fight like the thing that got him to got us to pay attention in the first place. Maybe a few months fucking living by the dumpster under the bridge by the Seine will help. I don't know. But that shit was fucking fucked up. And pretty much, if you fight something like that again, you're done. And that and that's not gonna help. Mike Perry. Defeated Paul Felder. Paul Felder was a man, one of the don't cares that moved to the careless, fought the fight with a broken fucking arm. I hated to see Mike Perry win. Some of you were tweeting me or texting me during the fight. What do you have against Mike Perry? He seems like a basic guy. Well, I'm sorry, man. Any guy with it. Am I going to unload on him because he's got the God's gift tattoo across his abdomen? Maybe. About the nigger thing. He's a nigger. Uh, maybe. I'm not, you know, I'm not moved by symbolism. You know, I'm not easily trolled, whatever. I just don't like your shtick, man. I just don't like your shtick. It's all right. Uh, Paul Felder, solid guy. Top, that's the way a fighter's supposed to fight. He lost, but he won. In I mean, we've talked about this before. You can win by losing. You can lose by winning. Derek Lewis, stock stays the same. Paul Felder, stock may even increase on something like this. Leaving Mike Perry where? Mike Perry, you, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it was a split decision. He eked by him. Eked by a guy with a broken arm. Mike Perry, if he's smart, will be thinking about smart matchups for him. Otherwise, he'll be joining a very short, long list of guys who uh, should have, would have, could have, if and not could have, maybe, yeah. Sorry.
Anthony Pettis, I also, I also, I also called against because I thought his head was shot. But he thought largely like, like maybe some of the rest of us seem to think, if I can't beat a guy like Michael Chiesa, I got to leave this fucking sport. Not only did he beat him, he submitted him. And Chiesa is like saying misty as fuck shit. He got a little taste of celebrity. See, that shit is corrosive. It is absolutely corrosive. A little taste can throw you off. A little think of all the celebrities that they get. There's a guy, I don't need to tell you his full name. Let's just call him Rick. And he wrote, I'll give you a little bit. He wrote a movie that had Nicolas Cage in it. This guy had been was kind of drifting. He's from Montana. Was kind of drifting, not really doing too much. His brother worked at a film company in LA. He said, Why don't you come down and work in my mailroom? His job was opening scripts. He's like reading the scripts. He's brother says, hey, you see anything you like? He goes, man, these things are terrible. I could do something like this drunk. He goes, okay, go ahead. He says in front of the computer. And the brothers together write the screenplay for this movie. Ends up starring Nicolas Cage. It does actually pretty well in the art circuit. It was not a big blockbuster hit. Next time I see this guy who has gone from basically living in his parents' rec room in Montana to being in a mail room in L.A., to now having sold for $250,000 a screenplay for this movie that gets made with Nicolas Cage. And he shows up at some event that I'm at. He's got some model girlfriend and he's clearly coked out of his mind. A year later, I ask our mutual friend, I go, hey, how's Rick doing? He goes, ah, boy, if I had a thousand lifetimes to lead, like Klaus Barbie said, last prisoner at Spandau prison, the famous, uh, the, the butcher of Lyon, the Nazi, he said, if I had a thousand lifetimes to lead, I would lead them as I led this one. I knew when I asked that question, I knew I was going to get that response a, th- a thousand times out of a thousand. Eh. Guy got a little bit of a taste and it got away from him. Don't know whether it was a models, don't know whether it was a Coke, don't know whether it was the fact that to stay where you are, you got to work. Guy starts showing up at noon and leaving at four, like everybody else who's made it. Leases a new car so they can see this is the year I made it. Yeah, well, where is he now? Don't know. Marsh McCall, a guy you used to from Conan O'Brien, he's dead too. Except he's really dead. Not like this guy Rick, who maybe is just bumping around back in his parents' rec room. The point is this. The point is this. You got it. You can win through losing and you can lose through winning, but staying relevant is the issue. A friend of mine gets a call, the phone picks up the phone, ring, ring. Who is it? It's David Bowie. They were kind of had become friends. He was a journalist. And David Bowie was obsessed because, listen, Mick, I talked to you for a few minutes. Guy's like, fuck, David Bowie wants to talk to me. Cool. David Bowie wants to talk to me. What does he want to say? They said, he said, hey, 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 bro. I don't think David Bowie called him bro. He called him by his first name, but he said, hey, uh, do you think I'm still relevant? I don't know what my friend said. He said, oh, I was so shocked that David Boyd called me. I didn't really know what to say. I said, I got an answer for him right away. You know what's relevant? Twinkies are relevant. Justin Bieber is relevant. Are they significant? No. Go for significance, not for relevancy. Relevancy is bound by time. Paul Felder wins, loses this one. He wins in the court of public opinion. That's significant, even if it's not relevant. Pettis also fucking smelling the mist, 
this mist enveloping him, looks and goes, I can't lose to a guy like Chiesa. I just can't. I can't. There's some fights that I can see. Like anytime you get a black boxer against a white boxer, largely the black boxer, if you go watch that Chris Rock thing, they interview black boxers. And it's just inconceivable to them that they would get beaten by a white boxer. They, they, their minds will not accept it. And I thought largely that this was going to be the case between Ngannou and, and Derek De, De Lewis because there's that undercurrent of antipathy between Africans and African-Americans. You may not know that, but it exists. Also between African-Americans and West Indians. Like Holden Caulfield says in, in Catcher in the Rye about, you know, Catholics, they're always trying to find out if other people are Catholics. West Indians are always trying to find out because I happen to be a high achieving Negro. I'm always asked by West Indians, oh, you're West Indian. I said, well, there's some talk that maybe my grandmother had, and that's just because she was angry and hostile, as is everybody else in my family. So there's a, it's a, they assume that we're West Indian. I go, nope, African-American. And they go, Hmm. It didn't motivate Nganu, and uh, it, but it did motivate Anthony Pettis. I'm not gonna lose to fucking mullet. Not gonna do it. Triangle arm bars him. Solid. Where's Chaser now? You know, there's some people who we ask that question. It doesn't really matter what the answer is. Who cares? Nobody. Not me. Uh, Saki. They bring this guy in. Did you see how much they paid Saki? They paid Saki. I, uh, I didn't care for the fight. Uh, John did. He put 50 cents on the fight. But I didn't think Saki was going to win. He got fucking murked. Murked by Roundtree. Roundtree started saying crazy, misty stuff afterwards. That's okay. In the heat of a victory, a guy can say some stuff. He's got to put a kibosh on that by the time he gets to the post-fight presser. And I think he largely did. I don't know what they're going to do with Saki now. It's like when they brought off, uh, who's that cat uh, Chuck Liddell brought over? Uh, Teixeira. Teixeira performed, produced. The guy had a lot of promise. Jake Shields, another friend of Knuckle Up. You know, uh, when they brought him in, he fucking produced at first. It wasn't until somebody tried to convince him to do stand-up that, that uh, things were. Okay, uh, Uriah Hall against Costa. I just can't pick Costa, man. I just can't. I don't think he's clean. And Uriah's been uneven. What, what, uneven enough. What happens to Uriah? I mean, Uriah made some really tactical errors that anybody who gave a shit about him on his team could have been able to see. You don't get pinned up against a cage against a pout with a power puncher. And you don't drop your fucking hands. I, I like the rope of dope, but then you don't do peekaboo rope of dope. You keep it up and rope the dope. You, you had him scared. If you could have dragged him into that third round, you might have had a chance. Don't know what you were thinking, but it doesn't matter because you're in that Joe Lazan territory now. Good fighters sometimes, you know, basic fighters sometimes they could turn out exciting fights, you know, might pull off some highlight reel shit. But generally, none of this, none of that, no belt. For those of you listening just on the radio, I'm making the universal I need a belt sign with my hands. Uh, so, uh, however, Costa, I have to say, is a slightly more talented and not as ego failed as the other cat who they brought in. Uh, oh man, who just who just got sort of sukajude, whose name I can't remember. Uh, Silva, yeah, Eric Silva. 
so anyway, uh, let's go through, zip through. Essen Calvin against Rob Font. I don't know. I guess I forgot Rob Font was Rob Font. That was a, that was a, that was a really careless call on my part. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, and Venata, it was mumbling about being depressed that after his last loss, I should have seen this coming. Uh, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. That, that one actually, and I blame you guys for that one. I blame you for that one. He was a don't care. You made him a care and you didn't tell me anything about him being a gict. And I drank the Kool-Aid on that one. Anyway, I'm done with the fight. I do have to say that, oh, I did pick Dan Hooker, um, against Gilbert Burns because it's Gilbert Burns, right? So uh, I, I enjoyed that fight. I didn't have any other picks on the card. On the Ultimate Fighter, uh, the day before, I did pick Israel, and and he won. But that's not why he won my heart. He won my heart. I don't know if you've seen Style Bender's uh, Twitter feed, but Anthony Kiedis comes over and is sucking up to him, and he confused him with the guy from the Foo Fighters, which is fucking. There is nothing I will not do for Israel right now. There is nothing. Took the picture, put the conversation up on his fucking Instagram feed, and I like the closest I've come to that is when I met at Tommy Lee at the uh, at the Hustler 20th anniversary party, and he comes up to me. I go up to him and I say, "Hey, we've got friends in common." The same guy actually who David Bowie used to call, and he was like, "Yeah, he he flowed me a record so I could listen to it, man." He, 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 the dude to stand there with Pamela and they're looking at me. I said, man, I love that record. And he's like, oh, thanks, bro. Thanks. I go, yeah, I don't care what anybody says, man, because the reviews were stinky. This was for Generation Swine. But I liked that they were trying to go into kind of a little hardcore direction for them. You know, it wasn't the girls, girls down, Sunset Strip. It was a little rougher. And he looked at me to see if I was fucking with him. But I was, I didn't realize that it was hurtful until I saw the look on his face and I go, oh, Maybe yeah, and then somebody started mocking me afterwards. So, yeah, I don't care that anybody fucking, they all hate your record, but it's okay. Because I, I go, yeah, that sounds kind of shitty. But that him confusing Kiedis for fucking Grohl, who, ah, that guy should have a lifetime contract. You know, I see, I see that. What the fuck is Kiedis doing there? Sucking up to fucking Lesnar. He's like a roach. He's like a roach in a silver coat. Look at me. I'm a roach. I got a silver coat. I got a silver coat. I'm a roach. Give it away. Give it away. I'm a roach. Give it away. Under the bridge. Give it away. Give it away. Californication. Fuck that guy. Fuck that fucking guy with a plunger. Uh, can wrap the Stipe thing. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was, I only got one, two, three fights right against Nash's. One, two, three, four, five, six fights. He bested me by half. Just fine. Got to give the guy. Got to give the whole. Got to give the guys on the farm some a little bit of confidence building. I will be focused more uh, 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 going forward in the future. I can't let it. Like some guy was bullying me today, and you know I said, okay, I'll let you take the side control mount. And the guy is like being pretty forceful. He's like trying to get my attention, and I was like, ah, eh, you know, I'm hoping when I do that that you guys will like you know start working on techniques because i'm tired that's why i'm doing it i'm old i'm tired that guy starts to brutalize the old man you know he's like grabbing the gi here and a jamming essentially he's ejjing me and i was like what a minute is this guy ejjing me doesn't he realize it's a seasoning not a meal and so i flip out i sweep him get on top and then i just start brutalizing him i don't want to do that i don't want to be that kind of guy 
But at the same time, take the opportunity, work on your technique if I'm inviting you to do so. I don't need words. The body says it all. Anyway, I, I, I digress. Um, so all in all, UFC 226. UFC 226, we, we, we very often use the analog of drugs. So if you've been getting some stepped on shit, terrible stepped on shit, keep in mind, we are in the seventh month of the year. My birthday is in August. That means 2018 is quickly coming to a close in my mind. We're in the seventh month of the year and we've got stepped on shit after stepped on shit after stepped on shit. Robert Whitaker and Romero was probably the only decent fight that we've seen this year outside of this one. The fact that this one was decent, redeemed by the headliner, doesn't mean anything. Oh, really? You think, tell me what, if you had two good meals in 2018, would that be enough? If you had sex two times in 2018, would that be enough? I know that sounds like an orgy for some of you. It wouldn't be enough. So this fight lost fighters. This fight lost people who said, hey, when Holloway drops out and Ortega, I was pretty much out. But I figured something good might come out of it. Nothing good came out of this. That's a paraphrase. And it's it's now in question whether Holloway can return. You know what? 100% right decisions 100% of the time, impossibility. But if you can get 55% right decisions 100% of the time, you're better than halfway there. The mistakes are starting to accrue, attacking Russia, declaring war in the United States. They're, they're starting to shine through, partnering with Italy in the hopes that the, the tripartite, the, the Axis powers will stand against the world. You, Japan, and Italy, are you fucking kidding me? They say that Hitler realized by 1941 that the war was lost. How do you pursue this venture for four more fucking years? Well, because you had Jews to kill, I guess. How do you last that long, knowing it's a miserable failure? How do you drop below 50% in terms of successful decision-making? They had some fucking 25th anniversary, and they showed pictures of Frank and Lorenzo, and my heart almost broke. How do you let Rory McDonald and Musasi fight at Bellator? How's Mr. Wonderful and Ryan Bader gone? What's going on with Yair Rodriguez? You fire him and then you hire him again. How is that possible? What's happening? How is it possible that only half of your decisions are right? And those seem largely accidental. Why is it that the Diaz brothers are fucking expiring? on your shelf. They're under contract, so they're still being paid something and you're doing nothing with them. Because you don't want to yield. You know, if Frank and Lorenzo were there, they would say, go make this happen. There's nobody there to tell them that now. And like we, like we, when I put John in the Lost Battalion on, on, uh, on uh, uh, if I did it this past week, with an able assist, uh, a, a lifeline to the D-man, It's like ESPN is not going to look kindly on people not being willing to pay $5 a month to watch that slop. No, they're not at all. How do you get the eyes to come back? Try making 60% good decisions, 70. You know what rumor was circulating the week of the fight that the bald one wasn't even going to be there. How is that possible? 
You know what rumor you wouldn't hear the week of the fight? Maddie Sarah ate a bucket of poop. That's not a rumor that you would hear. Though we have video of Maddie Sarah at a restaurant eating. Nobody would say he was eating a bucket of poop because it's so far out of their imagining that nobody can imagine that he would do it, so therefore they can't imagine him saying it. I don't know how much purchase that rumor had about the Baldwin not being at the fight, but it shows you what you need to know. Your head is somewhere else. And these guys are putting their lives on the line for you. Oh, Yuji, you can't be making a corollary between this and war. I didn't say it was war. You watch that, that fucking the interview with Max Holloway, and you tell me his life is not on the line. Worst thing that happens to me, I leave jujitsu, my fingers are fucked up, and my shoulder hurts, and I aches. My life is not on the line. I still show up at work on Monday at Ozzy. But this is something else. So you might feel like the good made right this evil wrong at the conclusion of UFC 226 because DC had a Cinderella story come from behind victory. The underdog, bad news bears, rises to the top. He gets to eat his fried chicken and get to the new church commercial and Popeye's fried chicken or whatever it is he prefers. And everybody's happy. Steve A is going to have a baby and he goes back to work with the plunger at the fire station. And uh, no, no, this is the red light district of sports. They used to call boxing. It is now MMA. And the red light districts have bosses. And the boss of this one is Johnny Boney Joni and Connor McNuggets. As deeply flawed as they both are, these are the only guys that are going to drag us out of the wilderness. Who can? Maybe the Diaz. Oh, they don't move the needle. Really? Really, they don't move the needle. So we're stuck. We're stuck. And the question is, we've had bunk shit month after month so that when we get something that's a little bona fide and we shoot that shit in the vein, there's a, uh, there's a momentary euphoria. But in the cold wake up of Sunday morning, I came to another conclusion. It will never be, and this is the moment of clarity that a lot of junkies have, it will never ever again be as good as it once was. And you hear that a lot of times before people get clean and they talk in, in messianic terms about their first whatever it was, whatever drug is their drug of choice. That first, I've had people talk about their first uh, uh, smoking crack for the first time. Their first, this one woman who she wrote a piece for me at Ozzy called My PhD in Crack. And she described smoking crack for the first time. It was like that uh, Sixto Rodriguez song. It's an answer that made my questions disappear. And I've had people do heroin, whatever their drug of choice, say the same thing. But I'm having a moment of clarity with MMA. And that moment of clarity says to me very clearly, it will never again be what it once was. Never. Boxing had the benefit of an Aram, had a benefit of, and I use that, I'm putting finger quotes around that. A Don King, but you had multiple players. That means at any given time, any of them could be falling below that 50% deal, but collectively, they might pull out a year where they scored over 50% in terms of good, right decisions. We got, yes, we got Scott Coker. And more wrong decisions by the bald one, maybe that elevates him so they could collectively pull out a year where 52% of the decisions are good ones. 
but that's not the way I'm seeing the trend lines go. So before we start munching on each other's sausages, consider that. Yeah, it was a good fight. A good fight. A good fight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, but over over a decade, ten fights. Ugh. And it was a good fight. I went to the wine bar. I got five glasses of water, paid ten dollars to get in. Was it worth it? Yep. I had to pay for the wife, so I spent actually twenty dollars. She read a book the entire time. That's how good your fight was. <coughs> She's never been a fight fan, but if it's an exciting fight, she'll pay attention. But you gotta fix it. You gotta fix. If there's anybody, anybody within the sound of my voice who has the ear of the bald one, please fix this fucking sport. Fix it, because you just got a bunch of us junkies hanging around at this point. And I don't have to talk about MMA on this show. So Eugene S. Robinson, show stomper. I could talk about philosophy. I could talk about masculinity. I could talk about Trump. I could talk about whatever I want. But I'm using I'm using MMA as a keyhole into the wider universe. And I haven't been able to think of anything else except this Moby Dick thing and Ahab. And now he's saying shit that nobody ever, nobody believes. I don't need John Jones to round out my career. Oh, really? Oh, really? Then don't fight him. Don't fight him. Don't fight him, bro. There's always got to be somebody who's number two. If it's me, I'm happy being number two. Shit. Little man on the totem pole. At least I'm on the totem pole. Anyway, the show is done. Thanks for listening. Got to go see a movie tonight. You subscribe to this channel, all the other shows on this channel, of which is one other. It's called You Kill Me. Film reviews for reprobate. Kasha and Eugene's film reviews for reprobates. So when we do the next one, which we'll probably do tomorrow, you'll get the announcement. You go to patreon.com slash the stomper. If you want to donate a nickel, 50 cents, whatever, to keeping me in underwear and T-shirts, do so. Tuesday night at 7.20, we've got If the if I Did It, immediately followed by If the Shoes Fit, PR Kerfuffles Inside MMA, PR Kerfuffles Outside of MMA. And then if there's a fight next weekend, usually Wednesday or Thursday morning, we'll do the Care Don't Care preview. And if I do it this week with John Nash, because Kid Nate is up somewhere eating caviar, you got guaranteed gloating, Nashy and gloating. It comes from the misty climbs. Some of you is it climbs. I mean, when I say climbs, I mean C-L-I-M-E-S, not C-L-I-M-B-S. Sorry, I should have spoke more clearly. So that's where we are. I've got a little bit over. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go below. Give me a thumbs up. I don't know what those thumbs up before, but I like them. I'm even amused by the thumbs downs, but more the thumbs ups. <sighs> Sorry, I'm sick. You know that. We'll see you soon. Until then, look what you made me do! Ah!